it's very common for science fiction authors to have some sort of technical day job. Let's talk to Chip Hauser about his. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I went to the University of Kansas in Lawrence. It's a five-year bachelor program. I got that degree in 92, after which I went and worked in Italy for about six months. I had been done a study abroad program there, so it was a rural farm, basically, called Tenuta uh, di Spanocchia, which is... It was a wonderful thing to do. I worked in construction because there weren't any jobs in architecture in the United States at that point. It was at the end of a recession. Mm. So I came back to the States. I worked for a couple of years and then I moved to Berlin because the wall had just come down mm. and there was a gigantic building boom. And so right. I didn't speak German, but I was young and dumb. <laughs> and I was able to get a job and uh, learn German relatively well and lived there for a number of years. Came back to the United States and got my architectural license. You have to uh, take a series of exams like being a doctor, a lawyer, mm -hmm. or other professions. I can't think of or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I've been licensed now for 20 years, and I do mostly, because of the way that my mind works, I like to write short fiction, and I like to do small projects in architecture. So I work in a, you know, I've always worked in corporate firms uh, doing corporate interiors. So I would like to renovate this library space, for example, and, you know, but, uh, it, it, so the scale of this room is very different than the scale of, you know, that, that new student center. I would not work on something that big, that's too much, but I would do, you know, five floors in an office building or something, because I just like that. Very hermetic. I need my little enclosed space. <laughs> So I've been writing probably for 10 years now, and... What, uh, what happened in your life? So you were, you were going on the track of being an architect, yeah. and uh, was it like, you know, I want to do something different, so you went for the MFA, or... What right, you? well, I, I knew very quickly into my study of architecture that I did not want to be an architect. Not that I didn't want to be, but that it wasn't something that I was really passionate about. But because of the way that I was raised, I did not choose to make a change until I had something else figured out, and that led to being an architect for... Okay. X number of years, which is a good profession. I mean, the wonderful thing about architecture is a lot like writing, where you you get to meet incredibly interesting people. Like everyone at, at TNEO uh, is such a different person than I am, and I really enjoy that. In architecture as well, I've worked with probably at this point hundreds and hundreds of different uh, architects, interior designers, and staff in ten different firms, twelve different firms over my career, in different countries and different languages, and, and I love that. So that has been that's been a real boom. But but that can only do so much in terms of not enjoying the actual work. So I spent a lot of years trying to figure out what else I wanted to do. Right. Um, the first thing I tried was writing and illustrating children's picture books. Because oh. I have a very cartoonish style of drawing that one can develop easily if one spends enough time in airports. <laughs> and that, my stories were really dark. I mean, they were, they were kind of funny, but they really were not great. So I probably did three or four picture books hmm. that, I didn't, that were not published. And then I just was like, ah. Then we moved out to Colorado, mm -hmm. and I lived there, and we were way at extreme altitude. So I was like, oh, let's hike and ski and not think about creative stuff. Oh, yeah. So when we moved back to St. Louis, my wife and I, about 10 years ago, that's when I really decided I got to do something else. So I got into the program at uh, UMSL, we call it, and worked and, and studied. Okay. So I've been enjoying doing this. I got into Odyssey, and my uh, employer was like, oh, yeah, go do that. That sounds cool. So I did that, and, I, you know, it's it's much slower mode because I, I don't have a great deal of free time because as one gets more and more gray hairs, professionally speaking, mm -hmm. it just gets more complicated. <laughs> so, But, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's nice to be able to come back to the TNEO every year or two and yeah. keep practicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have came back, I had my excuses, so I could make it, but I made it for a little bit here. Yeah, you're here right now. <laughs> Are you local to the area? I'm from Seattle. That's not local. That's not local. Just in case you were curious. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, work architecture in your writing? Not really. Really? Is it something I mean, yeah, you do for work? Just, just, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, I just I'll stay away. And, and the kind of design that I do is very, very 
it's not what you think of. I would think typically when you think of architects, I do very pragmatic, detail-oriented stuff. So I'm a technical architect as opposed to a design architect. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I would, someone else would be like, we've got to have this uh, cornice and these shelves and this and that. And then I would figure out how to actually draw that so that the millwork contractor could build it. Uh, and then I go on site while it's being built to make sure it's getting built according to the way that I do it. So it's, it's a different, there's, there's conceptual designers and then there's the technical side. So conceptual architecture, design architects, and technical. And I've chosen to go the technical route because fewer people do. Mm. It's better job security. And I have less interaction with people that way. And I can save my social energies for the microphone. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so so your, your writing doesn't seem to have any... Okay, it doesn't connect with that. That's interesting. That's interesting. Well, I mean, I think, I think because of my training as an architect, I am able to conceptualize space as, in, a, in a probably a very sophisticated way if I want to. The problem is my writing skills are up to the task of describing the stuff that I can imagine. So I just had a critique yesterday of a story called something horrible. Unexpected guests at a bubble fest. And it, it was a, it set in a big cove with very high stone walls and a bunch of ships coming in for this big party with bubbles floating through and it turns out that there's something sinister with the bubbles. And uh, it's funny, I was able to describe all that very well, but I, I but it was completely irrelevant to the story oh, as it turns out. I'm like, because oh, I, I sort of get caught up in the setting and then forget about the characters. So you'll learn your powers and how to find them. This, this, so. this is how you work it out, though. You got to go out there and write it, and yes. then people say, "Hey, this is, I'm kind of bored with this, but it's well written, but bored." <laughs> just like one of those moments love that too. So yeah, I know that is. <laughs> yes, but I feel like I'm maybe running out of time. I need to get this stuff figured out. <laughs> That's the next revision. After you put it away for a month, you pull it out of your drawer, you'll be like completely aligned with most of what people say. It's kind of amazing, but how, how it's helpful that yes. memories do fade a little bit. Oh, yeah. so you can go back and read it. Take and the edge off a little bit. Like, oh. <laughs> Now I know why someone's always giving me such a hard time. I got it. <laughs> why don't you like my yeah. bubbles? <laughs> yeah. see myself writing novels. I, I'm, so I'm probably just just kind of shooting myself. <laughs> there are people like this. I am a, I really am best at writing very short fiction. And I'll stick with that for a while. So the, the uh, story I was describing before that's in New Myths is I call that world the Smilerverse because the effect of the virus is mm. really creepy smiling. Okay. I don't know. We all hate clowns, right? <laughs> um, that is a, 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 a mosaic novel or, or linked stories. And that I can handle. The conceiving of an entire novel, like all these geniuses here at, at, at Odyssey do, I just, it's, it's, it's A, of no interest to in me, and B, I fear beyond my, my intellectual capacity. And that's okay, because I really, like, I really like writing short, short fiction, and I get great reactions to it. So, yeah, I mean, simple needs, give me some bread and a bowl of soup. So my favorite, one of my favorite uh, <clears throat> literary authors who writes, who really writes really good short fiction, his novels are fine, but his short fiction is more powerful for me. This is Kevin Canty. I guess because you're writing literary and he's writing literary, and I noticed, in fact, of reading his short stories, I love uh, pretty much every one of them. And when I get to his novel, the opening opening paragraphs, or the opening chapter is probably pretty strong, but then there's sections where it's more like he's just writing, and then yeah. there's sections where he's kicking some butt again. So it's, it's diluted. And Kevin Canty? Yeah, C-A-N. Yeah, he's okay. a, he used to be used to live on the East Coast, and then he moved to be a professor at uh, University of Montana. And uh, so... Uh, Migratory, I like this. I like this <laughs> he, he likes to write about uh, people who are kind of down-and-outers and, outers and uh, uh, have, how do I say, or they're trying to get along in life, but, but they keep, you know, they're down-and-outers. Sure. Happen, so. Darkness is in the world. I love it when people recognize it. Have you read the it's complete non sequitur? Have you read a story by Peter Watts called The Things? I love I, that story. I think it might have won some award or another a few four or five years back. It's a take on the you know the thing, oh. the movie, but it's told from the point of view of the things. It's 
I love that because it is a great combination of very serious and strange character study with a premise that's you know pretty easy to everybody know. But you should totally do a podcast episode on I Am Legend. I Am Legend because it is the first. Can I just give me a spoil for you? Or not? It's, I'll help me forget it unless I'm just forget Because it, it's, the, it's really one of the first zombie novels, but it turns out it's not just a zombie novel. It's also a zombie slash vampire novel. Oh, okay, cool. It's totally amazing. That's a short novel. Yes, but I like this. Uh, and I will write your name down here, so maybe I'll have to Skype you in or something so we can talk about Oh, that'd be fun. I'd be happy to do that. Oh, so the thing I say. Okay, so Kim Candy, Red Lines of Fiction, mm-hmm. he makes short story collections. So, you know, that's your thing. Uh, yeah. what, this, is, this is what I do with my short work, is I try to get published in, in, in wherever I can get published, like you were mentioning, Daily Science Fiction. Yeah. And then, um, and then after you get a number of things published, you take, take those things and you put them together, and if you can work out a theme, yeah. and then you got yourself a collection. I'm, I'm, it's already underway, so I just have to write more. I wouldn't read about this, about this whole novel thing. You'll, you'll, eventually, you'll, you'll decide that, you know what, chapters are just like kind of like short stories. No, no, you, <laughs> I know, I know exactly you and the evil world of novelists cannot, cannot sway me from my path. <laughs> If you enjoy listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts, but find it difficult to remember to check the website for new shows, get this technology from the future. Install into your phone a podcast player. Using this, you can subscribe to our podcast feed. And next thing you know, you'll be cruising around in your car with your phone plugged in playing sci-fi thoughts, or you'll be out there jogging, or you'll be doing whatever you want to do, and have your ears plugged into some cool science fiction programming. You can find instructions on lancerkind.com. Chip has a story at the Arcanist with lots of tiny bleak moments, He's also helping a charity anthology with the Weird Dream Society to benefit Racies, the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services. Send Chip a tweet if you want more information at Chazzlepants. That's spelled C-H-A-Z-Z-L-E and pants. This is the last episode of the Chip Hauser series. The first episode started in episode 70 and finished on this episode 71. Though, in the future, keep a lookout for the Chip Hauser Lancer Kind discussion on I Am Legend by Richard Matheson. <laughs>